Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. of The Sausage Factory. Welcome! In this episode I talk to JC Salinas of Ask an Enemy Studio about their split-action arcade game, A Dual Hand Disaster Tracker. So without further ado, let us listen to my past self, Chris, from the distant, well not so distant, or about a week ago past, please enlighten us. JC! How's it going, man? Who are you, and what do you do? Uh, my name's JC Salinas. I am the creative director of Ask an Enemy Studios out of El Paso, Texas. I'm currently working on a dual hand disaster tracker, and that is my current uh, goal in life at the moment. <laughs> Excellent. JC and I have been bumping into each other at various expos, typically PAX, West End yep. East, because we travel a lot. We're both travelers. Mm-hmm. And every time we go, you should get on the show because we get on. Really quite well. <laughs> we have lots of chats. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've been seeing a dual hand disaster tracker just grow and morph into what it is now, which is a magnificent thing, which is why awesome. we're talking about it. Yeah. But we kept on going, oh, we should put on a show, and it just never happened. And this packs east. Finally, and no, 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 enough of this silliness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we, we need to do this now. So, I was still at PAX when I emailed JC. I was still at it. Awesome. But rather than doing it afterwards, like a week after, everyone's forgotten, everyone's like, no, no, no. Whilst whilst it's still going on, I emailed JC and he said, yeah, yeah, we're doing this thing. And we yeah. finally got a date. And here we are, doing it, recording the show, finally. Because this is a very, this is a very important game. And we reveal, explain why it's important later. But before we delve into that... Let's delve into JC, if you don't mind. Sure. Not at all. Let's so the do sec- it. Second question. They do mm-hmm. do getting more difficult as we go along. By the way, <laughs> uh, there I'm is a boss fight in the middle, so you'll you like Yeah, the last five years have have proven a lot. So yeah, I'm definitely down for the challenge. So I think we know the answer to this first one, maybe, but I want to know a little bit more about it. Is how did you make your start making flashy, lighty video games? Um, well, I basically just jumped like straight in. Um, I tried to, uh, when I wanted to make a video game, when I started, I, I didn't know how, obviously, like most people would. Um, but I wasn't like most people where maybe they have some kind of background in coding or anything like that. I was just a musician first and foremost. And I was just like, oh, I want to transition to some new kind of creative outlet. Um, and I wanted to make a game. So obviously my thing was, well, I guess you could go to college. You could go to school. Um, so I went to game design school. It was a complete waste of time. So I dropped out after about a year. Um, however, so, after may, may I stop you there? What, yeah, absolutely. What made you feel it was for you not because you've had a lot of guests on who have gone off to do go to university mm-hmm. and read video game design and mm-hmm. then come out the other end, you know, four years later with a, you know, they they, they stuck at it. Not that I'm saying you, you know what I mean. They they, right. they clearly got something from it. But why didn't you? Do you think? Right, wow. right. So, yeah. absolutely no. So, I I actually really, really love talking about this with people because, um, the thing with me is maybe it was the the program that I was in for whatever reason. Um, it was game design, right? So, like, it was an online course as well. So, because I I sure as hell was not moving to Florida. Um, so I just kind of tried to see what their online programs were, and I gave it a shot. Um, but it was structured in a sense where. Every month was like a new class, but they never taught me what I wanted to learn, which was 
what what is Unity? How do I program for it? What do these buttons do? And then just let me go at it. Uh, the way they were teaching the particular program back then, um, and the reason I say back then is I've met people along the way who um, have kind of not necessarily changed my mind on it, but let me understand how, how you're saying is that some people who actually get through it um, end up in a different situation than I did. But the program that was – the way it was structured on – the way I had it was – it, it, it didn't ever teach me any game design tools like Unity or anything like that. It was like a class about physics. It was a class on how to uh, create a podcast. It was a class on how to write a, a review on a video game. None of this, none of this taught me anything about making a video game. Um, it was stuff that I was already doing on my own. I was already doing a podcast. I already wrote on a blog that I created to just write about games. Um so none of that taught me anything. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I understand. You wanted, if I may, I'll put words in your mouth, but I'll just no, of course. From you, you wanted the mm-hmm. tools. Yes, yes, I wanted to the make something. Tools. Like, I don't know C sharp. I don't know Unity. I know these two things work in tandem. You know it now, but, but exactly. Why? Like, just tell me what? Because it's it. All I know is the name C sharp. I don't know yeah. what's in relationship with it and C plus plus. And that's a whole different episode, which we're not going to do ever. Oh yeah, because programming <laughs> is not what we talk about in the show. Right on, right on. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's it's that's a whole thing. That's what you wanted, and quite frankly, I mean, I mean, I'm intrigued how you learnt it because uh, mm-hmm. I know I how I did. But you, you do tell me what what did you do then? So it, it wasn't doing. It, it looks like they were looking at the more esoteric and high level concept of game theory, which is valuable and wonderful, right. but mm-hmm. not something you wanted. You wanted the tools first, and then can we go on to the theory? That'd be great. Exactly, exactly. So so like the 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 studio like when I when I created it the um the how do you say I guess the tagline the motto of the game uh, of the studio is gameplay first ask questions later. So it it, it kind of goes with like you know playing video games gives you an idea of of what a video game is, right? Cuz you you'll play games that have mechanics that you like. So like you'll have the people that like their RPG games or or their shooters or whatever and for whatever reason they like that game so they can extract from that what they would like to play, right? Um and it, and that's kind of just what I did. Like I I just I I took from the games that I liked playing like arcade type bite-sized games that I I kind of I took a base from that and then just kind of, kind of kept going from there. But I still didn't know how to program it, how to, how to create it basically. Um, but yeah, with the if, tools, if I, if I may share with yeah, you, the one thing, absolutely. the first post of coding that I always wanted to figure out and was fascinated by different languages, how they dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really weird when you talk about it objectively, but normally it's, it's collision detection. Right. <laughs> Yeah. What if that thing hits that thing? How do you? How does it know? <laughs> these two. Right. You've got, you got the objects in space. Awesome. Okay. Great. But then they pass over each other, or when they hit each other, how do you tell the program that in that position that when that state occurs, right, which would then trigger something else, which would then trigger another subroutine, etc., etc., etc. Right. Or right. Other, you know, expression, and mm-hmm. it's like that. No one, no one could explain that to me. I had to, I had to figure it out myself because no one understood really what that meant. They were so obsessed right. with sifting through data and moving data around. They weren't actually understanding, no, I want to know what's going on on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And and the, the neat thing is, obviously, like, Unity does a lot of that for you, right? Because oh, yes. Yes. Um, So if you're programming from scratch, that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. Um, like, you know, creating your own game engine or whatever, which is essentially what Unity is. Um, but when you're using Unity, like Unity does do like so much in the background that you don't you don't ever really have to think about until it comes to like performance or whatever. But that's not something you need to think about. All you need to think about is like you're saying, the the idea of these two things colliding, now what do you want them to do? You don't need to worry about like the physics calculations of, you know, the two objects colliding necessarily, correct? No, that's right, um, yeah. Yeah. But if you are like you said, if you're not using an engine, 
you need to mm-hmm. start from scratch. Yes, you do. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I and you know what? I think that's when I talk to people about like making video games, like I think that because that's kind of how I was when I started. Is like it, it it is intimidating. It's overwhelming because you're you don't think about how Unity is where it does that stuff for you, you no. you are actually thinking when you're barely going to start a game and you have no idea what to do, it, it does become overwhelming because you do start to think about like, well, how do you draw something on screen, right? Like how do you do this and that or whatever, where like Unity, like I, I'm always telling like students that I come across or whatever who, who are like wanting to figure that stuff out is like these tools, if these tools were available when I was a kid wanting to make a video game, Holy crap, like you guys have all of these tools available to you. Like use them, you know? Yeah. And in the yeah, big, and it sounds like to me that you just said, Well, I'll just try it then. You know, yeah, you got 100%. some books. Because you probably tried yeah. it and then tried bought some books, I would have thought, because that's how you yes. did it. Because yeah. you have to you have to delve into some, some wood pulp eventually to look through Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, uh, an online docs. It just doesn't work for me. I just like having books around. And, right. Uh, it's just nice having sort of footnotes and scribble on them and go. This is very important. This is very. And, yeah, uh, and your own yeah. notes specifically, where you can. You, it's like say you're reading because I, I did that also. So I, I kind of went off on a tangent. I apologize for that, but right. it it is the idea of that. I picked up books as well. I watched a bunch of videos on on YouTube because my thing is I prefer to learn with a video. Like I I prefer to visually learn. Uh, reading for me is is kind of hard because uh, my mind starts to drift very easily. Yeah. Right. Um, but books are definitely great because they're they're instantly accessible. Like you don't have to worry about the internet working. Um, and it, it's it is just like having a physical thing there where you write your own notes and you can instantly go back to it instead of kind of scrolling through a page or trying to Google search something. Um, so yeah, books are definitely something I did. I picked up a couple books on C Sharp, uh, Unity as well. But the thing is, in Unity's in the sense of Unity, like they get outdated very quickly. Because yes, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, most engine mm. books I would shy away yes. from, but um, high-level language books like C plus plus, C sharp, which are very, mm. you know, they they are not twinned. I'm not going to say that. So there's a lot of people yelling at me, but they are <laughs> similar. Uh, Absolutely. Ones, ones made by somebody. Anyway, um, yeah. But you know, high-level language stuff that doesn't really get out of date because that's what it is. You know. Yes. Yeah. Um, JavaScript is JavaScript, etc., etc., etc. All these languages, um, they are they are what they are. But engines, yeah, it's yeah, suck for you yeah. thinking like eh, if you bought one of those in uh, two or three years down the line, maybe even soon it will be uh, of uh, little use, apart from a nice doorstop. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely, <laughs> and let alone like there were some situations um, where there were also typos in the book, and oh yeah. So you're trying to write this code based on what was in the book, yeah. and and it's not working. And because you don't know what you're doing, you're banging your head against yeah. the wall f- trying to figure out what it was. And all it was was like a two-letter typo or something, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. oh, man, Wait, that is so frustrating. it should have been a semicolon there, and there wasn't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The amount of times you see you go, shouldn't that be a terminus? Shouldn't that be yeah. a – I swear to – Okay, or well, I type it, but I don't know. But right. honestly, when your gut's saying, when you've been in, immersed in it long enough, you know you go like, "Wait, yeah, that's wrong." Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, it's been wonderful uh, chatting about that, but we have to move on, otherwise we'd be sure. here all night. Um, as a creator of things, mm-hmm. because obviously you've, you know, this is your first game, and it's remarkable that it is your first game because you're. It, we, as, as the as we'll talk later on about uh, dual hand disaster, is um, we'll realise that um, uh, it's it, it's it's quite esoteric to say the least. So <laughs> I'm I'm interested to know the answer to this question. As a creator of things, mm-hmm. what is your biggest influences? What are your biggest influences? Um, I, honestly, I think it's just this is going to sound very weird, but I think it's just life experiences, like interactions with people. Um, yeah. Like the way people interact with each other just leads to just things that inspire me to do certain things. Um, maybe that comes more from like my musician side of stuff where, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to kind of like go through something, say like a relationship or whatever the case, and then write a song about it because you're just kind of, you're, 
I don't know how to describe it, like poetically describing the situation. So it's more kind of ambiguous, but uh, you can paint pictures um, easier Uh, with a video game. You kind of have to be a little more direct with that kind of stuff, but it, it definitely still affects me very much. There are some things in the video game, which kind of point that kind of stuff out. Um, But I don't bash you over the head with some kind of like story that most people don't care about. Right. I try to make it subtle. I, do try to point things out, but then I just I just kind of let them simmer there. Uh, but yeah, it, it, hopefully that answers your question. But that's definitely a, a thing there for sure. I think you seem to be inspired by the human condition, which sounds very patronizing. Uh, uh, sort of, you know, but it's not yeah. surprising. But um, how can I put it? A little bit po face, sort of like you know, um, it's a bit. <sighs> I mean, ultimately, that's what you're talking about because. Yeah, the dual hand disaster is about distraction. A hundred percent. It's cool. A hundred percent. Yeah. That's really the. That's why people get so frustrated with it because they're not getting <laughs> frustrated with the game. Yeah. They get frustrated with themselves. Exactly. And, um, Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and leave me saying you know you're you're been inspired by the human condition. The word mm. I was looking for is pretentious, and I'm not because. You are right not, because that's the reason why we get on so well because mm-hmm. none of us are right, um, right. But we like to because we're people watchers, right? <laughs> and, <laughs> and you made a game based on your life experiences to date. And, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. It's really what you've made here is something that uh, uh, is really about you know because you know what to do. It explains it quite clearly, eventually. And you right, figure right. it out, either you figure it out, which is a great reward in itself, or you mm-hmm. actually look at the the built the videos built into the game, and that's great, which is like you've done that balance. But ultimately, you know what you're doing. You know what to do now. you figured it out. Go and do it then. I can't. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and, and it, yeah, yeah, it really is that because it, it's the idea of, you know, like – getting you kind of out of a comfort zone right where you're used to these type of games and what they usually do uh, but then when you realize that it, it's not necessarily what you thought it was yeah. at, at first glance yeah. um i'm hoping and again this is kind of i guess the human condition thing is it, it it it's intriguing to where wait wait why am i not getting this what's going on here yes and it yes. causes you to question what's going on to where you'll start to look for the answers um, by pushing yourself a little more than you normally would, you know? Yeah. I can best equate it. First time I felt like this in a game, but I was very young at the time, so I didn't really understand it. But looking back in it now <laughs> and then playing uh, a dual hand disaster tracker now, um, huh? it reminds me of Defender. Wow. Okay, that's <laughs> awesome. Because, yeah, Defender was it's, – it's one of my favorite, like, arcade-type games from back in the day, too. Yeah. Um, and that game – it's really, really deceptive. You think, yes. oh, I can't crash into the mountains. <laughs> yeah. So it's easier than Scramble. No. Isn't it not? <laughs> no, because you've got these little aliens dropping down. And they're going to drop down, and then they pick up a human, and then they, they mutate, and then they chase after you and kill you. Really? Yeah. Right. And it's really, really fast, and all the buttons are really complicated. And no, it's exactly. straightforward. Exactly. No, it's not. None yeah. of this is straightforward. This is hellish. A hundred percent, yeah. I'm going to go back to Robotron now. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no definitely and that, that's crazy because yeah uh defender does that too where like the control scheme is i guess esoteric also in a sense it's yeah, just how it they ever made sense. it how they exactly just you know i mean i can understand joust just about right <laughs> although <laughs> what they were smoking when they made that game i mean think about it i got an right. idea good idea oh man <laughs> hit me out what do we yeah. have? Ostriches, and you flap around, and you you jump on other ostriches, and the eggs come out and explode. That's it. We'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, that's you know, that's intense. No one talks about that, but it's, that's what's going on anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, moving on. So, human <laughs> human condition is your influence mm-hmm. ultimately, which is a wonderful thing because it's. Well, it's us, isn't it? Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I told you these questions get harder. The last okay. one in the first <laughs> half is pretty easy, but what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? 
Oh, man, that's a tough one, because back in the day, I would have instantly said uh, Kojima, which oh, seems right. like a pretty obvious one. Yeah. yeah. Um, after Death Stranding, I kind of question that a little bit. Yeah, I think, uh, personally, I think you should have stuck with the Penguin game. It would have been fine. <laughs> Holy crap. That's I don't know if you know head. that, but his first yeah. game was Penguin Adventure on the MSX. It's Absolutely. awesome, by the way. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. But yeah, you should have stuck to that. Right, right. Um, well, yeah, Death Stranding was a, was a cluster F, in my humble opinion. But it is. Right. It, but it, it's crazy because it really does make you kind of go back and question what made you kind of like um, – this might sound kind of negative, but what made you kind of respect him or like admire him in the first place, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, again, it does make you question what you thought was like a – a fully like 100% devotion to this particular person or whatever. Um, and I, again, I guess it kind of does actually still go back to that human condition thing of relationships and things. But anyway, my point with that is, you know, you go back and, and, and the things he was doing back when like, you know, like the MSX or the NES granted, he didn't have much of a hand in the NES versions of the metal gear games, but just the idea of like, the mechanics that he was implementing when like everyone was all about, you know, just kind of like shoot this, attack this kind of thing. He was more about like holding back on that. Right. Like the, the, uh, how do you say, um, the kind of instinct to attack something instead of just kind of pulling back and thinking, okay, I don't necessarily have to go in guns blazing. Let me try and reassess the situation and try to, um, play this differently. Uh, and, and and the way he would like would pull that off, even in like the early, early days where gameplay was a lot harder to kind of like make more interesting, he still pulled that off. Yeah. 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 Um, for me, you know, answer that earlier question of why do we venerate him so much? Mm-hmm. Because not every director and producer gets it right. Now, I'll give you an yeah. example. Um, Metal Gear Solid 1, for my mind, wasn't one of the best PlayStation 1 games ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, I genuinely believe that. Um, it's my opinion. I'm not yeah, that. no, I'll back that up and, myself. And um, you know, Snake Eater Three <laughs> was one of the best PlayStation Two games ever Absolutely. made. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but then he had these missteps. Now, you know, um, I'll give you an example: Ridley Scott, a very mm-hmm. good director, but not hasn't made. He's not consistent quality-wise. <laughs> Uh, you know, we all know we've seen Prometheus. I, I, I've seen it. And I wish I hadn't. Right. I'd like those two hours back, please. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's not consistent. You know, and uh, you're gonna get these people who are visionaries who do get it right. Sometimes all the pieces fit together, but it can't be just laid on one person's shoulders when people do. They're right. they're a team effort, whether we like it for good or ill. And mm-hmm. sometimes the ill peeks through or the you know the vision doesn't get through because of compromises made with others or other reasons you don't sometimes they just have an off day and they didn't drink their seventh cup of coffee that morning right on <laughs> who knows who knows right right um but it's a great great i mean you said initially but who else then if it isn't him uh doesn't have to be a person could be a company as well by the way right right um hmm Honestly, I haven't given it much thought outside of just like something that I like, I guess, that I I could kind of always gravitate to is probably Platinum Games Um, because, yeah, yeah, those are the type of games that I like are just like, you know, like the Bayonetta, just very flashy, uh, great character design, more than anything, mechanics, right? So Team Ninja kind of falls in there as well, um, where it's just like... It looks like it's just brain dead action, and then you have Bayonetta, which is like almost always half naked, which I have no issue with. But my problem uh, with some of that is that when people see the game, they do just kind of they they might just kind of blow it off and be like, "Oh, that's just actiony, like dumb games." But Team Ninja and Platinum both pull off the the mechanics as like the base. Uh, like the base of the game and then everything else around it just kind of falls into place. You know what I mean? Um, Cause like, who cares about the story in Bayonetta, right? All you care about is like just ripping through some dudes with like some massive combos and stuff, but it, it's very skill based. Like the, 
uh, it's all based on like timing and being able to like read the animations of Bayonetta and see how you're going to chain the next uh, attack together with whatever it is you're doing. Um, I guess, yeah, I would, I would definitely have to point to those particular, just because of that, uh, the focus on gameplay over anything else like team ninja and platinum are two studios. I can instantly think off the bat. Um, I definitely respect and admire for that reason. Yeah. At least yeah. Uh, obviously earlier on, cause team ninja is kind of not the same team ninja. It used to be, uh, no. cause Itagaki's not there anymore. And, yeah. um, but yeah, like when you say team ninja, I think for the most part, most people still probably think of like ninja Gaiden and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That went to places and it also, Oh yeah. <laughs> tidied you, didn't it? Like, oh, you can do this boss. Come on. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> is that hard? <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's not. You'll be fine. Right on. Cool. No, good answers. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, thanks, Vanquish man. is yeah. a game I need to play again. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Vanquish still holds up. It, it's chaotic as all hell, yeah. but it's it's just yeah. Again, it goes back to the gameplay and like maybe the the control scheme might not be exactly what you want it to, no. but the gameplay kind of makes up for it once you kind of just get a little used to the control scheme, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's just the way they, they designed it and they wanted the control scheme to be. Um, and then you, you just, you just go with it. And if you just accept it, it just all falls together in a <laughs> very weird way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, vanquish still holds up and it's great that they re-released it. Um, in like Didn't a four K they... 60. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. recently. Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, um, they released it on, on PC not too long ago, but they just re-released it for consoles, like current platforms. So people who maybe weren't into that last generation can still experience. Basically, it's Bayonetta and Vanquish in one, um, uh, what do you call it, one package. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Last <laughs> question in the first half. Sure. We're just, you know, it seems we're talking about games and we're podcast about video games. I'm legally obliged to ask this question. <laughs> What are you playing right now? Um, honestly, I'm playing a lot of Call of Duty, like the latest Modern Warfare. Like when I have time, it, it's it's the game I jump into. Okay, um, tell us yeah. about it because I have a friend of mine who works at Activision who's, you know, he's he, 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 he's into it. He likes it, right? And it's his thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, why why this one? Why this latest one? What what's what's uh? I mean, it's a bit of it said London, which is interesting. Right, uh, right. But uh, how how have you found it? What, what's it it's kept, you know it's just like they nailed the uh it, so the way the way i say it is it's kind of like battlefield finally got um it was, it, battlefield because battlefield was always the the graphics kind of powerhouse in terms of those type of modern shooters right right but when it when it came to the gameplay uh battlefield was just like the the peaks between like the cool ass shit that would happen were so just like drastic like the peaks between something really cool happening and then just the lull of something else happening um the peaks and valleys were just way too uh disparate if that's the right word to say there um and the latest modern warfare is like all of that, like for example, now it's got the graphics. It looks great. It looks fantastic. It animates great. It has like some weight to it, like Battlefield always used to. But it's got the speed of Call of Duty, and it just it nails like both of those things so well. The gameplay is tight. It's nice and fast. Um, I I think what they did with the uh, cross platform, being able to like just no matter what console you're on, what platform you're on. Um, you don't have to worry about map packs or anything like that. You just jump in. You'll always find a game. And more than anything, which I thought was super crazy, was they pulled off the whole thing that everyone's always talking about, where it's keyboard and mouse against uh, controller, uh, gamepad. Like, they they pulled it off to where it doesn't matter what you're on. You never feel slighted. And I have no idea how they did that. Wizardry, um, that's how they did it. <laughs> absolutely, because that's the thing. It's like, you know, you always have your keyboard and mouse people saying, oh, we're super accurate. We're going to kill people on GamePad. But then you have the GamePad people who just – like me, for example. I love playing on keyboard and mouse. It's great. But for whatever reason, I just feel more at home with a, a GamePad in my hand, right? Yeah. Um, and playing against people that are playing keyboard and mouse, like 
it, 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 I never feel cheated. I, I always feel like I, I can have the, like, I can have, you know, like, um, I can have the drop on someone like really well. It doesn't matter what controller control scheme I'm using. And it's like you're saying wizardry. It's gotta be because that's been the complaint forever from people. The keyboard and mouse against gamepad. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. They pulled it off. And it's like no one's even – at least that I know of, no one's complaining about it. I don't, I don't usually drop into – It's only been into, 20 years, but yeah. Right, right, I exactly. Mean, for me, 20 years, I'm citing Goldeneye here. I still <laughs> I still remember figuring out how to circle strafe in Goldeneye again. Oh, oh, yeah. There you go. Isn't that, yeah, isn't that crazy though how, how, how far like we've come from that where now it's like, yeah, just Call of Duty is, is definitely the – uh, well, I, I'm, you know, you might get arguments for it, but the gold standard for just control, like control scheme for a shooter where, yeah. you know, before it was kind of Halo, but now it's like just Call of Duty just nails where the crouch button should be, um, uh, you know, like iron sights and grenades and all that kind of stuff. Like it, it's just the perfect control scheme, in my opinion. Yeah, um, uh, for me, uh, Destiny comes a close second, but absolutely. Abs- I've uh, been playing it, but yeah, because yeah. um, and I love, I mean, I talk to a lot of developers, as you know, and right. I'm on the show floor and I'm talking to them. And I said, uh, you know, one of the big, you, the, thankfully, you, the uh, dual hand disaster tracker doesn't suffer from this at all because it doesn't need to because that's a different thing, mm-hmm. is that the health bars or how healthy your character is. Right. The amount of times I see games where the health is tucked over right in the far left-hand corner. Mm-hmm. And you go, I have no idea how how many health bits I've got left. I'm too right. focused on the middle of the screen. Right, right, right. <laughs> and Destiny does a fantastic job of representing your health by a little crescent. There's oh, crescent. right. And right. it's the top of your vision. Yeah. It's the top of your vision. Like a, if you want to know how you do health, Destiny. Yeah, that yeah, no, just, absolutely. Because you, well, you don't even have to look. You don't right. have to look, JC. You just go, it's just there, in the, the periphery of your vision. Like, oh, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> Right, right. And you know what? That's crazy. You bring that up because it, it was kind of one of the um, kind of like the biggest problems I had with um, with the game was where to put the health bar. Um, and, you know, I used to have it on the ship itself, on the right ship, because, yeah, you know, yeah. we'll get into that later. But on the right ship is the most important part. So, um, yeah, we could get into that later. But it is yeah. the idea of like where to put it, because people, for the most part, aren't paying attention to it. But at the same time, it's like. If your game does it well enough, you yeah. kind of don't ever really need to see it. No, unless um, you're you actually pushing the risk button and exactly, exactly. Yeah. I need to get onto Call of Duty. I do have a copy. I got it. Uh, I got it on sale towards the end of last year. Don't ask. It. Yeah, just, you know, absolutely. Caught that, one of those windows that lasts about twenty seconds. Right, it was like, it was like <laughs> half price. I went, oh, cool. And yeah. I, I don't care what platform. I think I got it on the Xbox. I have an Xbox One X. So I was right. like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll play it on that one. That'll be all right. Uh, yeah. Although I do prefer FPSs on my PS4. Cause I, like I PS4 have too. Controller for that. Yeah, this get particular... Back, you know, yeah. It's just, it's just... it's not. I'm not being biased towards any particular platform. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm, I don't care. I play it on it. I'm, yeah. Um, but uh, uh, for, for FPSs... Kind of, kind of, I don't know. Yeah, anyway. no, I think it's the DualShock. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. they made it... Because, yeah, yeah. I- I'm a big fan of the DualShock 4. Cool. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, great. I'm, I'm happy you're delving into COD, as people still call it. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put an opinion in uh, part one. We'll move on to part two, where we delve deep into a dual hand disaster tracker.
right. Yeah. Okay. Ready? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Let's do it. First question isn't a question, it's a request. Okay. We can't talk about the game until we describe what it is. Now, oh. good luck with you there, JC, because I've, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried and I had a small aneurysm, but let's just... If you can have small aneurysms, which you probably can't, please tell us what is a dual hand disaster tracker. So what I'll let you know is I've had uh, about the last five years to kind of pin this down. So let's see if this works now. Um, so a dual hand disaster tracker is a split screen, single player, twin stick risk em up. Um, I call it a risk em up because like most shoot em ups, it's a play on the word shoot em up. Uh, in this game, you only keep your score when you decide to call it. So you cannot play till death. Um, if you die, not only do you lose your score, you will risk wiping your leaderboard position as well. Um, so that's the overall view of what the game is, the whole purpose of the game. Everything else is devils in the details. So you are controlling two ships at the same time. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, controlling two ships seems pretty intense, but think about it this way. It's like you're playing Galaga and Pac-Man at the same time. Yeah, it's not helping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you kind of have already seen it. So for, I, I always wonder what it's like for someone who who is just listening to the podcast, never yeah, having seen it at all. But they're, uh, they're sitting on a train right now going, what? Exactly. What? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and so that's kind of the thing, right? Is like, Because a lot of people, and, and I've done this myself, I've played a lot of games where you do control two things at once. Um, yes. I'm not trying to say that my game is any better than that, but what I have done is um, I've kind of taken that experience or that um, kind of like, a, I guess, yeah, the experience of playing those types of games, because I've played a lot of them, um, and just kind of tried to take out what I found uh, frustrating, quote unquote, in those games, right? Um, so the 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 one I, I always point out whenever someone asks the inspiration for the game and the stuff like that is Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Um, have you played that game, Chris? Oh yes. yes. Okay, cool, awesome. So you do have that frame of reference there. So in do, Brothers, yeah. you are controlling a brother, one with each stick. Um, the only other button that you really use is the triggers. So your triggers are kind of like your interact, right? So you like with one brother, uh, you're moving them over to like the right side of the screen. You're kind of pulling a log with the other brother. You're kind of turning it 360 because you're kind of um, like turning some kind of pipe to open up a gate or whatever. Um, so when I first played that game, it scratched a really good part of my brain where that I never kind of had scratched before, right? It just, there's something about controlling two things at once and being in control of it that feels really good. The issue I had with it though, was that when you cross the center of the screen, when they're both on the same screen, um, which is the whole game, you kind of lose focus on who you're controlling. And when you're in the middle of a puzzle, which results in a fail state, it gets frustrating because now it's like, well, I didn't know who I was controlling and it gets frustrating. So my my kind of quote unquote solution to that was basically let me just split the screen in half, give you two distinct things to do, but still have them relate to each other. So one side affects the other. And of course, you know, yada, yada. Um, so in a dual high disaster tracker, uh, what helps alleviate some of that kind of overwhelmingness from seeing two things at once is that the left side does not take damage and also it can only move left and right because I've played other games where you can move 360 on both sides. That was not fun. There was something about just that freedom of movement that was a little too much. So when you can only move left and right, it helps alleviate more of that like movement situation on the left. On the right-hand side, you can move 360 degrees and you're basically just moving to a, a location and stopping and then just kind of with your peripheral keeping an eye on that side because you're invincible when you're on that uh, resource. So you can look over, kill some stuff on the left. Once you've kind of cleared that area, make sure the right side's good to go. Go to the next. It's Again, it does sound – I know it does yeah. sound a little more complicated than it really is. But just jumping in, it's another reason why – just to go off on a little bit of a tangent, why I made the price – as low as it is because i do want people to just kind of kind of like just pick it up because they're yeah. interested in it and then you know you can always request a refund so that's not a big issue there yeah. um but it is something where i wanted that barrier to entry to be as low as possible because i don't want people to kind of doubt what they can do 
um, because that's definitely what a lot of people tend to do when they see the game at conventions. They're like, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. But then I'm like, just try it. And then they give it a shot. They end up being the people with like the highest scores at the end of the days because they didn't doubt themselves and they just gave it a shot. And then they started understanding the devil and the details kind of thing. So, yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> let's go into the details because there sure. are other things I was going to embellish, but mm-hmm. I think it's all going to come out when we start talking about these these questions I have. Sure. Um, so the relationship between left and right hand the screen yes. is quite tenuous. <laughs> in what sense? In what sense? <laughs> well, one half, um, when you blow up, so you have these beings and creatures and flying things, bugs, mm-hmm. flying down from the top, and you are, as you say, you're invulnerable on that side to a point. We'll talk about mm-hmm. to a point in a moment. You start mm-hmm. firing your weapons, and that's using up a resource because there's a heart in the bottom middle of the screen, everyone. And one yes. heart, one side is cyan, the other side is, is red. And mm-hmm. uh, the cyan, when you start shooting, it starts to, to drop. Mm-hmm. And you're expending energy to kill these exactly. beings. And then you kill the beings, and when you kill them, they drop something on the right-hand side. Now, the right-hand yes. side is not Gallagher at all. It's kind of like, how can I put it? It's like a 3D sort of roaming thing that you can just go roam around almost anywhere except for the big barrier around the perimeter, which is the Russian firewall. Right. <laughs> so, yes. So yeah, be be wary of that. And mm-hmm. you can and and you move your this vessel over on the right hand side to pick mm-hmm. these things up. And when you pick these things up, it could be materials or actual parts. Yes. And the materials are there to uh, uh, you need to pick those up in order to feed energy back to the left hand side. Absolutely. Now, for me, that's quite. There's not a lot of link between the two. It's important, but the actual direct. That's the only direct interaction between the two. And the last thing you want to do, everyone, is to let that left um, left panel go black. It can do oh, it. Oh yeah. It's quite disastrous when it does because you have to then spend a lot amount of time trying to figure out how to get it back. I don't think you can. <laughs> but basically, getting it back on online is very yes. very hard. Uh, you can you can do it, and on the other side, so you want to keep it up, and it's 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 basically yeah. So what I'm asking, the ultimate question, going back to again, why, JC, why <laughs> is it that the relationship between these two panels, which I have a sim, have a, a symbiotic relationship, mm-hmm. but that's it. There's no real direct relationship between them. Why? Well, did it evolve that way? Or was it always that way? So when when I first started. Um, making the game, um, but obviously, like some of the stuff that's in there now, in the sense of like how they relate to each other, wasn't necessarily there from the very beginning. Uh, because all I wanted you to do is start moving two things. There's a video on my YouTube that shows you what the game looked like when I started it in Game Maker, and it does give you the basic idea of what the game is now and how it, the game now just kind of blew up a little more than than what I originally intended it to be, right? Um, but so basically. The idea is that both of these ships were partners at one point, so they um, they lost track of the right ship. So then the blue ship, uh, the HRD, uh, came in to the planet, found her, and now he's defending the entrance to the Zastrous Core, which is the right side, so that she can get everything and you guys can get the hell out with everything that you've got. That's the whole purpose of the game, right? Mark your position on the leaderboard. Um, so basically like on the left side, if you let those enemies pass you, they're going to come for you on the right side. They do. So, yes. yeah. And if, if, so essentially it's like, if you're letting them through, you're making it harder on yourself. And, and, and if she dies, that's why she's the most important aspect of the game and it's game over and that's it. You're done. Um, so I didn't want to make the game. Uh, how do you say, like both of the sides re- uh, rely on each other 100,000% because then that would have added way too much more complexity, even though there's a lot of complexity to the game. Um, but I feel like at, in, in its current state, it's a lot more manageable than if I did all these other things that I originally had planned. Um, so, uh, yeah, I try to keep I try to make it as balanced as possible. Um, so it was done in the name of balance. It was done in the name of, you know, yes. you could have had. You could have had it so that eventually you upgraded the ship on the left and it would then attach itself on the ship on the right for reasons. I don't know. Right, 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 right. You could have done all sorts of weird... You could have turned... You could Because there's no offensive capability apart from the um, 
the 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 pulse you send out but we'll talk about that in a second uh, right and the right there is yeah. yeah and there there definitely is a, a a way better defensive capability on the right side as yeah. opposed to that one and, and yeah we can oh, get shield. it later yeah, or i could yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> and that's what you want to be so Obviously, yeah. the acronym of the game is ADHD for a reason. Um, <laughs> you know, I could go into that now, or or we could go into it later. But well, yeah, well, yeah shields well, are definitely important. Yeah, indeed. Um, yes. So, second question. Sure. How did you design the interface of a dual hand disaster tracker, as to bring it on the brink of not mm-hmm. overwhelming the player? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> So that was just iteration over iteration over iteration. Um, And again, this goes back to the earlier question we went to in the first part. Um, The idea of kind of like not overwhelming the player with with too much, right? Because let me see. Like the thing with the health bar, for example, um, I used to have the health bar on the right ship, the DFR, where um, the player – it was in the player's face because it was always on the right ship. But there were people who would still ask me, where's the health bar? <laughs> and yeah, and it was on the ship, you know? It was on the ship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it goes to show you the, the, the again, over the years of working on this game and taking it to events, because that's where I got the best feedback. Um, even if I wasn't, I wasn't explicitly told what they understood or not, I could see in the way they were playing and what they were doing, what they kind of understood, what they didn't, and what I found most important. So I, I basically... Yeah, it's just where their focus of attention is. Exactly, and so, so again, going back to Destiny, where's your focus of attention? A hundred horizon. You're on the freaking horizon. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it really was just watching people play over the years, and because um, again, you could go to my YouTube and watch all these different videos from throughout the years that I've been uh, announcing a release date that I never hit. Um, you could see how the the UI had changed like so much. Um, that I started to realize where to put things um, based on what people were really needing to know at the moment and yeah. what they could kind of just like glance at really quick, know that it's available, and then just move move on, you know? Um, that's where I started to realize parts were definitely the most important thing because those are what you need to keep your score. Um, and then material is important, but only to the sense of like – needing to glance at it very quickly. So that's why I kind of moved it down to the bottom center. Your bonuses are also th- – that's kind of what that bonus bar is at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll light up when you know you have a bonus active. But when you start to play the game and you know what the mechanics are and you know what you should be doing, um, doing what you should be doing, you know that you're going to get the bonus to where you don't necessarily need to know that the bonus is active or not. No. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, – uh- just to interject, there's one yes. very important point because I, I think one of the things you did as part of the interface and not overwhelming is when mm-hmm. you've got the left hand side to a point where it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, ridiculous as in, yeah, it takes care of itself. Yes, just, I was just spamming bullets all over the yeah. shop because I'm <laughs> because um, the rapid the the, the the rate of fire is ridiculous um, yeah. just destroying everything and then on the right hand side there's now a sea of green material because I'm blowing everything up that yes. is a sweet spot because when you've got that <laughs> when you've got that you can stand to spank the um the parts and you start upgrading you get your shield and and all of a sudden it starts to coalesce and it's just that moment when you go now <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Should I definitely. now? Because yeah. I got four million points now. But you see so much on the horizon, right? That you're like, yeah. I could get all this also, and then bam, yeah. fireball to the face, you're gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so for yeah. me, that leads on to my third question. Sure. And um, it's um, the risk reward mechanics. Hmm? For me, lying building up the ship on the right with the parts. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Which you have to do. You're gonna mm-hmm. have to do it. You can't yeah. ignore it. While maintaining the one on the left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How do you advertise this to the player, if at all? Uh so that was a huge dilemma. Um it was I kinda figured that in the game slowing down the game would not be the right way to do it. So like pausing it, telling you this and that. Um I'm not going to lie. That was, it's one of those things that even to this day, I still don't think I've actually 
nailed down in the best way possible. Um, the best way I could do it was basically just when they die, show the video of what killed them and give them information on, on how to counter what it was that just happened. Um, and um, I think it's a wonderful idea because good. go ahead, JC, yeah. JC, if I may, just to point Absolutely. out, just to help you out with your, cause you could go on and we will, but we've mm-hmm. only got, you know, um, the point is, I think what it does is it encourages the, the, the player to go, you think you've got this, mm-hmm. but there's nuance here and there's layers here that you're not aware of. Yes. And there's things you need to know. I'm afraid you're going to have to watch some of those videos. I know you don't want to, but you're going to have to if you want to get the most out of this game. Absolutely. I'm just projecting for myself. That's mm-hmm. exactly what it did to me when I sat down, because I played this game loads, right? Yeah. Looks <laughs> like. Yeah. Right. And I still, when I sat down, I went, okay, I'm going to my own home now rather than in some hall in, in packs. Oh, no, yeah. No, this will be fine. Forgot everything, mate. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's like, that, the videos just, are for, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Refreshers for sure. Yeah, I need to sit there and go, okay, I'll just watch. And they're really, really well put together. I mean, it's that they're embodied, embedded into the game. You don't take you out to some YouTube video. It's part, it's a, it's a freaking thing in the video. And it's just really clever. Really clever. Yeah. uh, I I tried to include them in every possible way. So like at the title screen, they just automatically play. Um, you can pause the game and see them from there. Uh, when you die, you could see them from there. You could see the one that obviously plays related to what happened, um, but you can still scroll through them there. Um, and yeah, that, that's kind of the, the purpose is I wanted them to be there uh, for you to see if you wanted to. Um, and I also tried to make them as to the point as possible without, you know, like, so for example, when I say the weapons button, that was just a way for me to kind of counter um, the multi- multi-platform release, right? So like, say, for example, when I come out on Xbox, I can't say the left bumper on Switch because there's no left bumper according to Nintendo. Um, so I just say the weapons button, and hopefully that makes you pause the game and see where the controls are and see, oh, that's what he means. Okay, weapons button, sure. Yeah, I mean, it makes it worse for the PS4 because they've now added buttons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Visible sods. Actually, it's kind of cool because it makes... I, mean, right I never like pressing down on the thumbsticks. I hate it. Right on, so right on. If you just you just basically switch those onto little thingies, and it's awesome. Uh, I'm much 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 better player now for, for those. Um, but <laughs> yeah, seriously, I am. But no, uh, I just want to talk that through because basically, yeah, you're right. The only way, you treat the player with uh, with respect, and you understand they have a level of experience and intelligence and expectation. 100%. Yeah, I, I'd I'd like to hope so. And and I, based on what you're saying, it seems like I, I kind of did did get that pretty well. I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like the fact that the videos are not they don't push you off to some you know some, mm-hmm. some, oh go and watch a YouTube video about it. But no, it's embedded in the game and yeah. it's 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 really clever. Uh, awesome. You could have done it all sorts of ways, but you, you yeah, know, like you said, you could have done some text and a point and arrow and say see this is doing here. You should do in this. No, no. Yeah. Watch the video. Believe times. it or not. Right. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. Like early on in the when I first showed the game at PAX South, I did have a tutorial because one of the things most people always bring up is uh, the idea of why don't you show someone one side then the other? And I did that and it was boring. It was it was people were skipping it because even I didn't like having to program that because I just felt like it, it removes a lot of the spirit of the game again in the idea of like. Just just let me jump in and figure stuff out, man. If I have questions, I'll go looking for them. Uh, you know, yeah. so I mean, the complexity of the game isn't the controls. No. A hundred percent. No, it's not yeah. the controls. It's when to do stuff. Exactly. That's yeah, it. It, it's the gameplay. It's not what button to press. It's kind of when to press it in a way, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. Defender. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. Last question, JC. All good things sure. must come mm-hmm. to an end, I'm afraid, but there it is. Uh-huh. The need to know when to lock the points down mm-hmm. versus gaining yet more points mm-hmm. is entirely in the hands of the player. Mm-hmm. Was this an incentive for the player to understand and then improve their ability to play the game? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, the whole it, for me, it's built around this model. Yeah, and, and so. 
I don't know if you've caught this because, again, like I said, I don't I don't make everything extremely obvious, but I try to point out little things here and there. When you extract with a score, yes, there's a reason why I also let you continue back into that same tier. You could go on to the next tier because there are three tiers in the game, um, but you can take that score that you extracted with back into the tier that you're going into, giving you a target to aim for. So now you have that. Uh, like, say, for example, you extract with 2000 points, right? Like most people would be like, oh, that's really poor. It's not because the purpose is you got the purpose of the game. You got that you needed to stop. So you you pulled out with your score. You can kind of calm down, like refocus and then be like, all right, let's jump back in. But now I've got a, 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 a target of 2000 points to reach. When you reach yeah. those 2000 points, if you extract again, You'll get that score on top of whatever score you left with, and you could keep doing that over and over and over again to get, you know mark even a higher and higher position on the leaderboard. But there's always that risk that you can wipe everything. Yeah, and, and, it, and it is definitely that idea of like you know having someone aim for something better than what they had last time, but know that there's still a risk involved. So you got to be on your game. You can't just mindlessly play till death and and expect your score to be there no and i think what's really key Mm -hmm. is the achievement of actually extracting in the first place you know you know managing your your both sides and like oh yeah i've got it see see yeah yeah i prioritize (laughs) things properly yeah you i've got the left hand pretty much sorted you hadn't, but you know, I, I think um, yeah, it's full sense of security, which is another trademark for this entire game. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, the, and then you go, okay, I'm just going to put around and pick up the parts. I mean, what's a lovely another mechanic which I didn't delve into, but I'll talk about it now is when on the right hand side, the little dude, little machine sh- chip, the mm-hmm. hover ship is picking something up, which is basically running into it and mm-hmm. staying within the little circle. It's invulnerable. Yes. Which is fantastic because the amount of times that got me out of trouble, I can't tell you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and and go, so yeah, go yeah. Oh well, yeah. So that that was kind of what I was going to say is the idea of like getting it kind of like you're saying, right? It gets you out of some trouble, but you're you still have to kind of pay attention to it because it's within oh, yeah. that window of opportunity. Yeah. Um, and and again, going back to the idea of letting enemies pass you on the left, if they come for you on the right, sure, you could sit on a resource and just kind of – so you can get used to the idea of, of the left and right thing. You're not going to take damage if those enemies that you let pass hit you on the right. However, they will take your material. So there is still a danger involved, but yeah. it is it is a way to kind of like let people know, hey, you don't have to be perfect – you just have to. You just have. You can't, you can't be careless either. You know. No. You, yeah. It's just you put get gives back what you put in. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. Not all games have that, but a lot of games do, and this one has it in, in abundance. Um, <laughs> so the awesome. name of this awesome game, and it is because I've been Thank following you. it for years. Everyone, I was just, I just didn't know when to drag JC in, and here we are, twenty twenty. Yeah, and figured it out. Perfect time though, too, because it is like the game's done. It's out. Well, you know, quote unquote done because nothing's ever done. But no, well, um, yeah, <laughs> it, it is a good time because it is like now through all of this time, I, I, you know, we can have a a more, uh, for lack of a better word, right, like fulsome conversation on it. More and robust conversation. Robust. Yeah, it. yeah, because definitely. It's, it's you've the ideas. It's it's baked in. That's what it is. Exactly. There will yeah. be tweaks. Because that's, but it would only be that just to iron out the bugs and the things that are going to crop up as, oh, yeah. you, as, as life goes on. So, uh, mm-hmm. a dual hand disaster tracker mm-hmm. uh, by Asking Enemy Studios, which is a great name. By awesome, the way. thank you. Where did you get <laughs> it you. from? Where did that? Where did that pluck from your your brain? So, Asking Enemy is is essentially my thought process on the idea of someone kind of uh, having a preconceived notion of someone before really. Um, meeting the person or knowing who the person is. Um, And if you're willing to ask an enemy, I have a lot more respect for you because it shows that you're willing to get, again, out of your comfort zone to talk to someone who your preconceived notions might be wrong or right, for lack of a better way of describing it. 
Um, so it's the idea of just getting out of that comfort zone, asking someone most people might consider an enemy and talking to them directly instead of just kind of talking shit without About knowing who the person is. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So it's like you assume he's your enemy, but you don't really know that. So that's kind of the basic idea there. Yeah. More human <laughs> condition stuff then. Brilliant. Yeah. 100%, Why am I not man? surprised? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. So, uh, yeah. So now I want could you tell me what the platforms are? Because I've sure. been on the internet and I'm not sure what it's actually out on. There might right. be sort of plans for certain platforms. So rather than me completely screw this up because I've done it in the past <laughs> and I've got into terrible trouble. Right. Edit it out and all sorts. Rather than that, could you please, JC, tell us what's, what is a dual hand disaster tracker actually on at the moment? Sure. So it is, uh, it is currently out on uh, Nintendo Switch. Um, and that is U.S. and uh, Europe and Australia. Um, it is also on Steam Early Access, and technically because of Steam, it should be worldwide. Um, and then the next after that is going to be Xbox One and uh, PS4 for PSVR. That is the goal currently. We'll we'll see how that works out. Fantastic. Yeah, I have PSVR. Awesome. Um, and um, do you know Jeff Minter? Oh, absolutely. There you go. Yeah, I mean, not personally, of course, but I know who you're talking about. Yes, yes, uh, his games are unique. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's uh, that's putting it lightly. (laughs) uh, And uh, he's got a couple of PSVR games out there, which I would strongly recommend. And they do remind me a lot of Dual Hand Disaster Tracker. (laughs) Wow, well, that is is a compliment I'll take to the grave for sure. Absolutely, man. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, Polybius is uh, some crazy stuff. uh, It is. Polybius is a... there's few developers I yell at when I'm playing a game, but that's one game. <laughs> I'm I'm screaming. I can't see what's going on, Jeff. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know I'm supposed to be going, Jeff. What's oh I'm, yeah? Oh, I've got a bonus there. I've got to picked up a a, a minotaur. <laughs> okay, thanks, Jeff. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, I'm a cool guy. Thanks, Jeff. Well, yeah. That's a, that's an and assumption. that's coming from a legend, right? It's just <laughs> holy shit, man. But you, yeah. you can't help yourself, can you? Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I do wish you the very best of luck in the future Thank development you. of a dual head disaster tracker. It's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Likewise, man. Thank you so much for the time. Yeah, it's um, more than welcome to come back on to absolutely to, uh, talk about whatever next game you have. No doubt, will we? <laughs> That's not running into each other. <laughs> yeah, bumping into each other. What's this? Well. This is right a click adventure. Oh, okay, you went there then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and if that were the case, it would have some kind of twist for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever it is, again, one welcome to come. But uh, again, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for having me, man. Absolutely. You have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast, part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash cane and rinse for early extended and exclusive podcasts find us on twitter facebook instagram twitch youtube and at our website cane and rinse.com. 